This is Everything Film with Film Robot on BNN Bloomberg Radio in Vancouver. Now back to your hosts, Joe Leary and Patrick Shelton. It is Everything Film with Film Robot on BNN Bloomberg 1410 AM, also 1035 FM. HD3 from the Shark Club in downtown Vancouver. Joe Leary along with Patrick Shelton of Film Robot. Our guest is Mr. Jim Conrad, a man I've known for a good long time. You all know Jim Conrad. You may not know him to see Jim Conrad, but Jim, would you not agree people may know you to hear you? Oh, probably. Um, when I was, uh, I've emceed a number of gigs, as you have done, and uh, you know, I introduced myself and people kind of go, okay, Jim Conrad. I go, okay, wait a minute. You probably don't know, you know, who I am by looking at me, but I'll give you something. Now at the brick, you know, and they go, "You're the brick guy." Uh, the yeah, brick that's guy. The, I'm the brick guy. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you're right. I, you know, people would, uh, you know, recognize my voice here and there, but uh, for the most part, anonymity uh, is the, is the wonderful thing about being a voiceover guy. You know, no one recognizes you, but you can. Make almost as much money as on-camera people, but um, if not more, you know, because there's just more, more gigs available. So it's a lot of fun. As a ex-radio guy or a long-time radio guy the myself, end. production was part of the job. So you would get off the air and you'd go in and read some commercials, and yeah. that was part of the job. Well, it's a funny thing. I read a book uh, by Malcolm Gladwell, and he had a theory called uh, the 10,000-hour theory, and he, and he uh, named a number of examples of... Uh, people who were deemed to be overnight successes, but when you really looked at their careers, um, you could see how they really toiled in the trenches for a long, long time. And he took, as an example, Bill Gates. Now, Bill Gates, before he became you know, Mr. Microsoft and you know, in his mid-20s or whatever, since he was 14, was writing code. And that was because he was at a private school in Seattle that had access to the University of Washington mainframe. So he and his nerdy little buddies would uh, write code constantly, hour after hour after hour. So you know when Bill Gates finally broke on the scene, it wasn't like he was just this overnight guy. You know he had put in his time. And my example for me would be uh, working at uh, a radio station in Victoria, CFAX, CFAX 1070, and I was a production guy. So I did a weekend on-air shift, but. Uh, Basically, for three days uh, out of the week, I would sit in a room from 9 to 5, and they would give me a stack of copy with instructions, and then I would just voice stuff all day long with no direction so I could have fun. And, and w if I heard uh, Hal Jordan uh, or Al Jordan or Fred Latrimo or any of the guys in Vancouver or Chet Miller, you know, I go, oh, okay, maybe I can do Chet Miller. So I would, I would sort of try to emulate those guys. And so when it came time to, you know, get into freelance, um, you know, I, I was able to do it. I, I walked into my first recording session, and that was be 1984, 85, and uh, it was for the BC Telephone Mart. That's how long ago that was. And uh, there were, you know, five agency people and the production people, so, you know, 15 people in the room and, and a producer and da-da-da-da. And it was a bit daunting, but, uh, you know, it's a funny thing, you know, when you're in your comfort zone, when you get into, when you get into the air chair, when you get in front of a microphone, all of that stuff mm -hmm. blows away. Yeah. And now you're just, now it's just me in front of the copy with a microphone and uh, the headphones on. And, uh, and, you know, I like to think that I have a passion and that passion 
is for the sound of my own voice. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> we talked about uh, Joe and I were talking. That was a joke, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. you know, Thank you, know, you very Joe's, much. Joe's, Laugh track. Thank yeah. you. But you know, you know, we were talking about this the other day, and I don't know how best to explain it. But you know how you have like your inside voice that like you hear, and then your outside voice, like it's totally different. Yes. Like so. Some people, like... Well, I think the first thing when people ask me about getting into the voiceover business and, uh, you know, geez, people tell me I have a a good voice. But, and it's a funny thing, like, you know, with the advent of voicemail and and giving voice messages, how many people do not like the sound of their own voice? That's a very good... That's a lot of people don't, oh, I hate the sound of my own voice. Oh, oh, don't record me. I can't, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're going to get into the voiceover business and do things... um, you know, you better be able to fall in love with and, and be able to use your voice almost like a singer or a musician would use an instrument. Yes. Uh, and then um, understand what your voice can do in front of, amplified by a very expensive German microphone. Did you guys think uh, as you guys, I'm sure that's what guys, this is. Of course, hey, that I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking minute, to both what? you guys about this, but this, I would, I would, I would be dared. Do you guys have ever have, have, remember having a tape recorder? Oh, yeah. When you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Like oh, just yeah. A, sitting yeah. there and you did the, the two... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, well, I grew up. I grew up in a. Yourself. I grew up in a in a family. My yeah, brother yeah. Uh, is a tech, tech technical guy. He's actually been an editor out at uh, Global BCTV for like thirty years, and so we were we were kind of radio techno nerds uh, growing up. And we had we actually had a reel to reel recorder. Oh wow! Yeah. At home, and so and then we would actually record uh, family uh, messages and then and then mail them to our family members and then we would receive tapes back oh so, wow yeah. so i've actually got i actually have rare tape of me speaking on uh, uh, being recorded when i was like five years old you know that which is, is very which is a very bizarre thing to well i'm guessing the the voice hadn't dropped at no, that point no, it was probably <laughs> no. a little higher pitched than no, it yeah, is now when did the voice drop the voice dropped well i was just telling uh, uh, one of your uh, friends here that uh, i found out that i had a voice uh, when, and this is a, uh, growing up in Medicine Hat, Alberta, uh, by one of those weird sort of strange things, the pattern change at Seafun would occur about 7 o'clock at night. And uh, so we could pick up Seafun from Vancouver uh, uh, after 7 o'clock in Medicine Hat, clear as a bell. So we would all listen to Seafun. And so I started imitating all of the jocks on the evening shows on Seafun. So Tom Lucas, the Luker, uh, Peter Boom Boom Benson, uh, and uh, Jackson Casey and uh, and I used to do I used to do, it's midnight in Vancouver 14 C fun <laughs> and, and my friends would in the in the hallways of McCoy High School in Medicine that would go you sound just like a man you sound just <laughs> so encouraged by that uh, at our high school uh, graduation ceremony uh, a friend of mine and I uh, uh, emceed a little sort of awards thing and then the general manager of the local radio station, who was in the audience because his daughter was in my grad class, uh, he came up to me and offered me a job at the local radio station. Uh, so uh, I was supposed to come in the following Monday. Of course, uh, that was prior to the grad weekend. And so I forgot about that and uh, woke up about 4 o'clock on Monday afternoon. And uh, my dad uh, said, hey, some pr- program director called and said, you're supposed to come in and, and for an interview. And I went, oh, right. So I went in, you know, of course, talk very, you talk like this, who, hi, how are you? And um, I said, well, can you let me know when you've made a decision? And he goes, uh, the general manager told me to hire you. Can you come in tonight and learn the board? And that was it. I was 17. Now, but you, when you were that age, you were on the, the uh, major market behemoth 
LG 73 <laughs> as Scott Jensen that was, absolutely. in 1978. Yeah, That's yeah. amazing. And I was in Medicine Hat. Yeah. Yes. Wow. No, but it, the, the point I was trying to make to you, Jim, yes. is that not everybody takes to everything the business has to offer. No. For me, I was fascinated by playing radio. Yep. I was fortunate enough to play a lot of radio. I was able to program a couple of radio gigs along the way, but I didn't have the chops. Yeah. And, and few have the chops. Anybody can read a commercial. I can read well, mm -hmm. but very few can go down that lane where they make a sizable income from their voice. Yes. Um, you know, it's, a, it's one of those intangibles that I, I really haven't figured out myself. I mean, other people have, have told me things. But, you know, when I'm reading, uh, it is about storytelling. And it is about, uh, you know, I was acting and doing voice acting uh, as an announcer long before, you know, the voice actor thing sort of came around, which is now what I tell people who want to mm -hmm. get into the business mm -hmm. is, is that you may have a great voice uh, and you may even be an actor, but you need to understand what is required of you when you're doing voice acting, whether it's a cartoon or whether it's a commercial uh, or a narration or a movie trailer or whatever. And um, so it's a very nuanced kind of thing that you need to practice. And, uh, and so the good thing is with the technology, you know, as I tell people, I said, you know, invest in a decent microphone and a recording unit, find a little space at home. Yeah. You, can, you can go online and create your own little booth, you know, that sounds decent. And then just practice and listen to the sound of your voice and then listen to what's out there uh, and what is happening in the marketplace and then see if you can you know, emulate that. I wouldn't say imitate, but if you can, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. get to that point where you're starting to kind of sound like that. I have a, a my oldest daughter who lives in New York and who's a, an actor. Uh, she's just getting into the voice voiceover business, and uh, and she's doing actually quite well because she is an actress, a very good actor. Um, but of course, has watched me since she was uh, you know a little kid. Going, daddy goes down into a studio, and you know, and the door closes, and then. I come out, and then a couple of weeks later, the check arrives, mm -hmm. and, uh, and yeah. it's wonderful. <laughs> well, Jim, you know, you, you, well, I, I'm still sitting here back going through brick commercials in my head. Nobody brick. You know, it's like, yeah, they've been closing out for a long time. Yeah, but my biggest gig, well, I mean, that was there's, and you know, to, to make a living in the yeah. voiceover business, this is all about film and and, and television. So the bread and butter of voiceover guys uh, nowadays is in uh, television and film promotion. Right. Primarily television and, 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 and radio promotion. So, and it's not so much individual gigs, but it's, it's, it's about volume. So if you can get you know, 30 or 40, I think at, at the most, maybe I had 50 radio stations that I was doing imaging, voicing imaging for, and then a couple of uh, television stations, and then I had uh, TSN for 12 years, I was the voice of TSN, and then, uh, so with that kind of volume, you know, that's right, how you right. build up, and there are guys, some guys in the States now who's, who, who do like 100 stations. David Kay, David another Kay. Uh, yeah. wonderful yeah. Vancouver What else do we know you from? Like, you got to throw us a little bit uh, more. Let's see. Well, I, I, if you watch the, um, the uh, Smithsonian Channel, I narrate a, a, a show called Aerial America. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so I've been on that for about five years. We've done about 80 hours of, uh, of, of that show. And locally, you know, I, I used to be on everything <laughs> for a long you time. Were. I was, and I mean, uh, and, and my radio pals would go, I just did a stop set here on my radio show, <laughs> and you were in two of the three commercials. Jim, <laughs> right. what is going on? Yeah. 
And uh, so I did a lot of local, and, and that was very good, but like anything, it kind of runs, you know, but it's a funny thing with my career, that it, the, the local advertising agencies helped me and production companies helped me you know, through the first part of it, and then as I sort of started to you know, become right. too familiar, that's when I branched out with ISDN and, uh, and the technology to be able to, to deliver my product, my voice, uh, in markets all over North America. And then it helps being represented by agencies in, you know, I have an agency in New York and Los Angeles as well as Toronto in here. So between those four points, um, and then the technology being able to go into a studio and then link up digitally with the studio in New York or LA or wherever, uh, then you can truly become, uh, you know, an well, inter international superstar. Well, I, I hate to, I hate to Not tell you, I, I hate to tell you this, but I'm, I'm, uh, you're best known for the Ernest movies and uh, IMDb. Well, I know you. Uh, it, you that's have, like, the, the, the strange of thing about Ernest. IMDb is that there is another Jim yes, Conrad. Ernest, Ernest goes. There to is another Jim. There Conrad. is another Jim Conrad yeah. who uh, has, and somehow our careers and my career so have done you. this. And so I, I've gone to IMDb and I've go. I've never worked on Ernest Does You know what? I was going to say that. And I've you never know done, and I've never put on, I've That's never great. been the third werewolf catch. in, you know, this. But video. your other stuff's on there, which is yeah. really strange. So There's I, like two people in one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm assuming that, that, if he, that if he gets checks, that he's not <laughs> cashing them. But maybe maybe he is. You know, if he is, That's more really power good. to him. Hey, that's good to know. <laughs> I always wondered, but we should now talk about that one show, IMDb, how the photos even get there. I can wonder. I give you a trailer? Sure, absolutely. Uh, this is one I just, it, when people go, well, let's hear your trailer voice. So I usually, uh, I, I just made one up. And um, he was a cop on the edge. She was a woman with a past. Then fate brought them together. Now they must find a way to outwit their captors and save the world one more time. Yeah. yeah. A pocket getting three. Yeah. Now streaming. Applause, <laughs> uh, Jim Conrad is our guest in Everything Film. I must reference something that every radio person has heard the audio tape, the legendary audio tape of the legendary Orson Welles, arguably yeah. oh, yeah. the greatest yeah. filmmaker ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in his later years, Orson Welles is doing commercials, and there's one in particular, he's talking about peas. Oh, yes. And you've got some squeaky voice teen producer yep. in the other studio trying to tell Orson yep. Welles how to inflect. Now, you uh, are a very talented voice actor. Do you take direction well, or have you had incidents where you have someone going, you're going to tell me yeah. how to read a how commercial? To re yeah. um, you know what? I have learned um, over time that uh, they're paying me to sit there in front of a microphone and voice a spot or whatever. Uh, they're paying for the studio time. This is their dime. And so, you know, I'm, I, I won't be treated like crap. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, that can happen. But, rare, but yeah, you, I do get, I have, I have my top 10 nebulous directions, you know. Uh, we'll know it when we hear it. We'll know it when we don't hear it. Give me teddy bears and sunshine. <laughs> uh, soft, my favorite, soft, ethereal, dreamlike, but with an edge. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, or, or monotone, no inflection, flat, but with energy. <laughs> <laughs> I had a girl uh, at a trailer house, and uh, I forget which. Uh, I did, uh, I've done a, a bunch of fun trailers. My, my favorite trailer tagline of all time is for a movie called A Scanner Darkly. Remember that movie? It was done in rotoscope, 
Uh, it had uh, 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 Robert Downey Jr. and Woody Harrelson, but it was done in that sort of, they film it and then they animate it type of thing. <laughs> and it was uh, based on a Philip K. Dick novel. And, um, and so I did the trailer for that, but the uh, tagline was, A Scanner Darkly. Everything is not going to be okay. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> but, but I had a trailer gal. She, ta- she was going, okay, uh, whether it was that one or not, because, you know, okay, just g- give, me, give me a scanner darkly, you know, three times. A scanner darkly. A scanner darkly. A scanner darkly. Okay, darker. So I would do it lower. And then she goes, darker. And I do it darker. And then, she, then there would be a pause. Okay, lighter. Lighter. <laughs> so I, I did actually turn the talk back off and went, yeah. what am I, a frickin' toaster? <laughs> and put it back on. But you know what? I, 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 you know, I've had nebulous directions. You know, when you say the word tundra, I want to hear all four wheels. That was one of my <laughs> favorites. Um, but, you know, there, uh, I, I, I hold my tongue. I don't, um, I don't react. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to take charge because sometimes they don't know what they want. Yeah. They really don't know but what they, they know want. But they'll know it when they hear it. But they know it when they hear it. And the funny thing about Don, you mentioned Don LaFontaine. Don LaFontaine. He, um, he got, a, the, the true, I believe it's a true story. Uh, he got a, a demo script or an audition script uh, somehow. And uh, usually at the top, they, they give a spec of what, they're, what they want as far as the read is concerned. So they said, you know, a movie trailer, you know, epic, you know, action adventure. And then they usually give names of people that maybe, you, you know, you can try to sound like. And they said, uh, uh, sound like Don LaFontaine. So he gets an audition script with, you know, th- they want him. <laughs> so he goes, this will be a slam dunk. So right. he does, does the audition, sends it in, doesn't get it. Does not get the spot. Apparently there was somebody out there who sounded more like, more like wow. him than he did. <laughs> and so you really don't know. So, so it, so they don't, and I, I talked with my agent in L.A. about this. You know, when I asked him, I said, so when I get specs with, you know, they want this guy to sound like this guy. And he says, he said, don't, don't worry about that. He's just, you know, you know, do what you think is, you know, you're good. And everybody that's in the business that is, that is in the mix, everybody's good. So just do your thing. And, um, and then it becomes, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever, then it becomes, everybody's good. So then, uh, as, as Andrew said, you know, you have an agent and then you have management. And I had a management company that they would just work the phones with all the trailer houses every day and, and all the networks, you know, to, to get auditions. And, uh, and then it became, who can answer the bell quicker? quicker? You know, uh, you had to have an audition in, in 15 minutes, you know, so that you could be, you know, part of the mix to be, you know, and then, then you would do a scratch track. And what that is, is all the trailer houses, sometimes there would be competing trailer houses doing trailers for a, a movie. And they would do an edit, and then they would they would put a voiceover on as, as a scratch track, as kind of a play, as, you know, to, to give an idea of what it would sound like. And then the idea was, if you did all these scratch tracks, if you did enough of them, um, then chances are that you would book the the spot. And so I did. I think I did one for Aeon Flux. It was a Charlize Theron vehicle, a, a science fiction movie a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I must have done the scratch track five times. So on the fifth time, I thought, this is. I mean, I've got this right, gig. Right, I, I've right. booked this gig. And then I'm watching Monday Night Football, you know, a week later, and there's the spot on the air with another voiceover on. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, Jim Conrad, before we let you go, yes. can you give us an everything film, only darkly? <laughs> everything film, 
but darker. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, sir. <laughs> Pleasure Thank as always. You, Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, I don't know whether to fist bump. I don't know. Whatever. Mr. Jim Conrad on everything film from the Shark Club in downtown Vancouver.